Hunter Green was magnificent last night, but the Reds gave him absolutely no run support. What the Reds squandered, and is this going to be the last day that we see Luis Castillo make a start in a Cincinnati Reds uniform? Feels like we've asked that a lot. I'm going to tell you why I'm not so sure. That's all coming up on today's Locked on Reds podcast. You are Locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker is away today. He'll be back with us tomorrow. This is actually episode number 999. Tomorrow for the 1000th episode, James Rapine, the original host of Locked On Reds, will join Steve and myself as we break down how the Bengals and the Reds have really kind of switched places in the city of Cincinnati. That's coming up tomorrow, but on today's podcast, we're going to talk about some Luis Castillo rumors and not necessarily about where he's going to go, but why it's taking so long. And we are also going to talk about last night's game because Hunter Green was absolutely magnificent. He had his fastball working. His slider was amazing. He actually got a whiff on his slider 41% of the time. It was absolutely beautiful to see. And as we kind of break down his start here on the Lockdown Reds podcast, that's brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I, I, I was really encouraged to see him at least try. And I know he only threw it three times, but I saw why. He was trying with the changeup. In fact, if you look on Baseball Savant, the spin rate on the changeup was up. So it's very evident he's trying to mess with the grip a little bit. He's trying to change it. He's trying to find a feel for it, and he just didn't have a feel for it last night. If you don't have a feel for a pitch, it's going to be hard to tell a guy to go out there and throw that pitch. As much as I would like him to work on something, I really don't want him going up there bouncing pitches to the plate every other time. But the spin rate, according to Baseball Savant, was a little bit close to what Luis Castillo does with his changeup. Now, the break is nowhere near that. I mean, we're not talking about Castillo's changeup at all. But Hunter Green is working on it. He just doesn't quite have the ability to put it where he wants to right now. He only got one swing on it because two of the three, he bounced in the dirt in front of left-handers. He only threw the pitch to left-handers, and he got a ground ball. It was a pretty hard contact ground ball, but a ground ball out from the one changeup that a guy swung at. So I look at that and I say, all right, I understand he is working on the changeup. This isn't something that he is just punting and he's like, yeah, it's going to come. It's going to happen for me. He's working on it, but he was able to kind of pitch around some inconsistent sliders. If you watched how he threw that pitch last night, he was getting a lot of swing and misses, but there were also a couple of times where the slider just kind of spun and moved a little bit east to west and didn't really provide a whole lot of deception. And a couple of those times, those sliders got pinged into the outfield for a hit. But he was able to pitch around a lot of damage on the base pass. He only had one walk. He gave up seven hits, but he limited the Marlins to two runs. That, that's what I love to see. That's what good pitchers do. And he continued his high strikeout rate. He has got one of the best strikeouts per nine of rookie pitchers really ever. 
And, and so if he can continue that and if he can add to it the consistency in the slider and really work that changeup in a lot more, it's obvious it's they're building it from scratch. I think it was something we talked about during spring training. Oh, hey, look, Hunter Green's got this changeup that he feels really good about. But I don't think that I think that was maybe overblown a little bit. Kind of like we talk about guys being in the best shape of their lives. Get ready for next spring training when we say that's the best changeup that Hunter Green has ever had. Well, because he's got a low baseline with that changeup. But the first two pitches are just phenomenal. He was able to, and something that I was impressed with about the fastball, he locates it very well. The thing of it is timing. If the hitters time up his fastball, he's in trouble because he has to then go to his slider and the slider just isn't going to be consistent all the time. We, we've seen how he pitches and we've seen that there's sometimes it's just a spinning uh kind of a fat pitch there in the middle of the zone for him. So when I look at the slider for him, that's got to be the kind of barometer for how good Hunter Green will be in a given day. But overall, great performance for him. The Reds lineup, Moose hit a solo home run in the fifth inning. That was nice to see. And if you saw that, you saw everything that the Reds lineup did last night. They got shut down by Pablo Lopez from the Miami Marlins. That was a pitcher's duel extraordinaire because the Marlins got two runs off of Hunter Green early. That's all that they got. And the Reds only got one off Lopez. Both bullpens pitched phenomenally well. Buck Farmer got himself into a little bit of trouble, but also got himself out of trouble as well. And it was nice to see how that all played out. But at the end of the day, this was the opposite of game one. Game one, the Reds lineup had whatever they wanted. They did whatever they wanted, and it all worked. And they had a million hits, and they had a million runs. And it was one of those great baseball things where you're just like, man, couldn't they have saved some of that for game two? Because they got, like, nothing in game two. Um, and just overall, one of those games you got to chalk up to, that's baseball, baby. But you love to see the development from Hunter Green. And, and look, I, I think that he's going to add that change up. And I appreciate a uh, friend of the podcast, Obscure X Reds, our buddy Ken. He actually tweeted this out last night, and he had, he was a poll, and he put the first two years of Homer Bailey's career. It's like a 3.6 ERA, a whip of 1.19, you know, some numbers like that. Those are solid numbers. Those are good pitching numbers. And he said, if this is what Hunter Green can do, are you going to be satisfied? My answer is no. That, that's good numbers. Those, those are good numbers for a starting pitcher. Hunter Green is going to be phenomenal. I have almost outrageous expectations, and I totally acknowledge that. But I have outrageous expectations for what Hunter Green can become for the Cincinnati Reds, and I think he's going to live up to it. I, I don't think we're talking about something where we are going to have to settle for, okay, well, I think he's he's pretty good. He, he's all right. He's going to be solid. No, we're talking about a future Cy, multiple Cy Young candidate, finalist, whatever. And I think he's going to win the award at least a couple of times. So with that, there's not a, a level of satisfaction because I believe he's going to push the bar higher. There, there's not a bar that I want him to meet because I want him to move the bar. And that is where my expectations are with Hunter Green. And I firmly believe I, I'm not, 
I understand that they're outrageous and I'm not going to like hammer it every time he goes out, but I believe that he can make the necessary improvements to get to that level. And what's interesting will be how the Reds support him with that because Hunter Green figures, at least for my in my book, to be the face of the franchise coming up here in the next few years. So how do they support him with that? A lot of that's going to come into this year's trade deadline. What can they do? Because this is the year that they can really get a lot of value for guys they've got to move. So we're going to talk about that. And, and Luis Castillo, it seemed the other day there was a trade that was inevitable with the Yankees that still hasn't happened. I'm going to tell you why I think that is coming up here after I tell you why you need to get your next special gift from BlueNile.com. If you're looking for a gift to celebrate a special moment like today, it's my anniversary. Me and Hannah got married four years ago. Uh, I didn't go to Blue Nile. I should have went to Blue Nile. BlueNile.com. I got some other stuff, though. It's okay. BlueNile.com is the place to go for your next special gift. Or if you're looking to pop the question, go there today. You can create a one-of-a-kind engagement ring, choosing literally everything there is to choose about that engagement ring so that she knows she has the most special engagement ring out there. BlueNile.com also has the kind of experts who are on hand 24-7 that will help you pick exactly what you're looking for. If you're like me and you know exactly what you're talking about when you're looking at the Cincinnati Reds but have no idea when it comes to jewelry, BlueNile.com can help. Check it out today. And they've got this anniversary sale going on right now that you can save 40% off of their regular jewelry and you can save 25% off their engagement rings. That's BlueNile.com and check out their anniversary sale today. Thank you for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. Coming up tomorrow, the 1000th episode of the Lockdown Reds. Man, that's hard to it's hard to fathom. I, I can't believe we've already gone a thousand. This is episode 999, obviously, but 1000th episode tomorrow, James Rapine, who is currently with Lockdown Bengals, but he started Lockdown Reds back in 2018. He will join us as uh, Steve and I and James talk about the Reds and the Bengals. And is Cincinnati still a baseball town? We're going to dive into that tomorrow, but let's dive into another question because the trade deadline is next Tuesday, August 2nd at 6 p.m. Blame Rob Manfred for weird deadline movements and things like that. But because of the lockout, they moved it back. Anyway, next Tuesday at 6 p.m. I wonder, because we're, we're talking a lot about, yes, La Piedra starting tonight against the Marlins, and that's weather permitting because right now it is as rainy as rainy can get. But... He is supposed to start against the Miami Marlins tonight. And most people are like, yeah, this is going to be his last start. This is the last chance that you have to see him. Is it though? Because if he pitches today and he pitches on five days rest, it should be next Monday would be his next start. And I think that there is a factor that Luis Castillo nor the Reds have control over that is holding up a deal for him. Because we've said it before, we've said it many times, there isn't a team in baseball that shouldn't be interested in him. The Yankees, the Dodgers, the Mets, the Twins, the Padres, uh, the, the Braves, everybody. Everybody should be calling the Cincinnati Reds about him. And that is why this trade is so important, because they can really hike up the price. They can really see what they can get for him and how they can affect their future with this trade. The problem with that is, though, they're waiting on Juan Soto. And if you'd have asked me, and I still think 
that there's not that big of a chance that Juan Soto gets dealt. But Juan Soto is holding up the market for Luis Castillo because every team that wants Juan Soto, like the Padres and the Yankees and the St. Louis Cardinals, oh, I, I, I shudder at the thought of that. But every team that wants Juan Soto knows they're basically going to have to give up half of their farm system to acquire this guy. Because if you're the Washington Nationals, you know what you got. And you know you've got him for two and a half more years. You got him for the rest of this year and two more years after that. And he's only 23. It, it, beyond the fact that he is probably the best hitter in the league, the most well-rounded, he got the best acumen at the plate, the best plate discipline. Combine that with his power. Combine that with his bat-to-ball skills. He's just the best hitter in the league. And he's 23. And he has two and a half years of control. The, the Nationals should literally, and there was a report from an executive that says that they're basically asking any interested team for their top six prospects. Yeah, they should be. Hell, they should probably be including like a major league dude or something in there. Like not necessarily in, in lieu of those six prospects, but on top of them. If I were the Washington Nationals, the trade that I make if, if some team is going to pry Juan Soto from me, that trade, I, I've talked about Luis Castillo trades hurting a team and then being like, ooh, I don't know, but hey, we could win a World Series with him, so we'll go after him. With Juan Soto, you should hate that trade. You should have to be like, wow, okay. So we have Juan Soto. <laughs> we gave up a lot for him. That's what that's going to look like, and that is why – we haven't heard really any concrete rumors about Luis Castillo here recently. There, the other day, the Yankees pulled Jason Dominguez and Trey Sweeney from the minor league game, and everyone thought that that was the signal. Everyone thought that was the signal that the Yankees were about to acquire, acquire Luis Castillo. I was in that group. But ever since then, there's been nothing. There's been no reports. There's been no rumors. People have said, yes, there's been other teams that have called about Luis Castillo, but everybody is pretty much of the same assumption that Juan Soto will either need to be dealt or not dealt before Luis Castillo can be dealt. So it is very likely that where we thought Luis Castillo was going to be traded a couple of days ago, he might not be traded till the deadline day now. That's not going to affect, I firmly believe that's not going to affect the return that the Reds get because that's only going to heighten the sense of urgency for whatever team wants to acquire him. But that's also going to affect the market for Tyler Malley. It's going to affect the market for Brandon Drury. It's going to affect the market for any of the Reds trade chips that they currently have because I firmly believe Luis Castillo is going to be the first guy to get dealt. I don't think Nick Kroll is going to make a deal because right now, if you're another general manager, you're seeing if you can get Tommy Pham, uh, you're seeing if you can get Kyle Farmer, or you're seeing if you can get Brandon Drury for a little bit less because the market hasn't been set yet. Luis Castillo and Juan Soto are going to set the market. And I think Nick Crawl is smart to be waiting right now because he is going to get an offer that blows the socks off for Luis Castillo. And I think he's going to get an offer that blows his socks off for Tyler Malley. This isn't going to be a situation where we're just like, boy, the Reds really settled on that one, didn't they? <laughs> What's a miss? Because he knows and he understands that this is the opportunity for him not only to cement 
or, or at least improve, maybe not cement, but improve his standing as general manager of this team, but also kind of legitimize what they're doing because all they've told us is that they're cutting payroll. And so for all of us Reds fans, every move that they make in our mind is only to feed the bottom line. But they have to understand that we're smart enough to know if they're just going to trade away guys for nothing to save money, nobody's going to care about this team. And they understand. They have scouts. They have people that are telling them this is the guy that we should go after. And if they listen to the Locked On Reds podcast every day, they know there's some guys that we are excited about as well that we love to see the Reds go after with Luis Castillo because we know they're not going to resign him. So with all of that, I think he understands how to make a good deal. And I don't know that I would have said that back in March after, you know, we were concerned about the Sonny Gray trade. We weren't really sure about the Jesse Winker, A. Eugenio Suarez trade. And we knew that they just literally gave up Tucker Barnhart and Wade Miley for nothing. But all of that aside, I think they've gone through all of that crap, which I hate the fact that they had to do that anyway. And they know where they are. And they know that they have to get a good deal, but the market is being held up by a guy who should cost the most ridiculous trade package that you've ever seen. Because we're not just talking about a dude that's on an expiring contract. We're not talking about a dude on the verge of his 30s. We're talking about a 23-year-old top five player in this league with two and a half years of control left. I don't know how any team, and that's why I still think it's, it's possible he doesn't get dealt at all this year, Juan Soto. Because the return for that, that just doesn't make sense to me. If you're another team and you're trying to actually match what the Washington Nationals are asking for, that I don't know how you could do that. But I'll tell you this. Luis Castillo has been a joy to watch. What I will miss most about him is... What I'm going to tell you about coming up next. But firstly, if you're looking for a good bet and you can check out the different odds and things like that. Last I saw the, the team that was favored to land Juan Soto was actually the San Diego Padres. They're two to one currently at bet online. You got to check out betonline.net. They are your number one source for sports info and scores and wagering information that you can find, whether you're talking about the major league baseball season, the trade deadline, things like that, or you want to jump in on some NFL futures. Joe Burrow had surgery yesterday to remove his appendix. It's not going to affect the Bengals at all, but you can bet on some Bengals futures at bet online. Plus they've got awesome lines when it comes to the UFC. This is going to be such a good pay-per-view on Saturday. I can't wait to watch Amanda Nunez get her belt back, but they're going to have all the lines that you're looking for at betonline.net. You can check it out today on your desktop or your mobile device and find all the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three F's and you can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's. Also follow the show at locked on reds. Plus check out the description below here. I th- actually might be on I don't know, as we are currently live right now, but after the show is over the, uh, the discord server link will be in the description. If you want to join some locked on reds group therapy that we have during the games last night, we were having some fun with, um, or at least I was having some fun. I think everybody else finds it tiring, but I was having some fun with puns on buck farmer's name. 
And that's all on the Discord server. Luis Castillo. Now, there's a chance I'm wrong, and there's a chance that a team that's not even really caring about the Juan Soto sweepstakes swoops in and makes a deal for Luis Castillo before now in the trade deadline. And this could be the last start for him as a red. I'm going to miss LaPiedra, man. And, and I understand as much as my fan heart wants the Reds to re-sign him, my fan brain knows it's not going to happen. My fan brain knows that this team has shown us that they're not going to make that deal. And his next start would be on the road. So this is the last chance that you really have to see him in person. And with what he has brought to this game, what he has brought to the Reds, like going back and thinking about, boy, they got him for Dan Straley. Dan Straley was a phenomenal dude for a season as a Red. And they did such a good job of flipping him for an ace in Luis Castillo. And Luis Castillo is going to be an ace-type guy wherever he goes. Now, if he goes to the Yankees and it's Garrett Cole, or if he goes to the Dodgers and he's looking at Clayton Kershaw or something like that, now obviously he's not going to be the ace of that staff. But he is one of... In my money, he's one of the 10 best starting pitchers in this game, and I don't think that that's very hard to argue. The strikeout totals, the the ease with which he pitches, his, his statistics show one thing, but until you really watch him pitch, you don't understand how good he is. His mental capacity for pitching, I believe, is second to none. There is never a situation where you will see him on the mat, and even when he was struggling so mightily, at the beginning of last season, there were still moments where he was smiling, you know, and it's not necessarily like one of those denial smiles, like <laughs> everything sucks. Everything's falling around around me, but I'm having fun anyway. I think he is genuinely a just very calm and collected dude. And I think that's what makes him one of the best pitchers in this game, because we see uber talented pitchers that just can't grasp the mental side of things. They cannot grasp the whole idea of keeping themselves in the moment, whether it be not, you know, too low and not too negative on things, but also not too high. If you just struck out the side, that doesn't mean you're going to strike out the side in the next inning or even strike out any guy in the next inning. And I think that he has really taken a step forward this year. And we haven't talked about this enough in that understanding he doesn't have to strike everybody out. Because it felt like that last season, right? You watched him pitch, and he was getting into funks where he was walking, guys. He was getting a lot of full counts. He was getting into situations where he had to throw an obvious strike that was probably going to be a fastball out over the plate, and it was getting clobbered. He doesn't do that anymore. He knows how to have an efficient inning. It was something that we always had a question about with him. I think he's gained that ability. And so you put that together with his strikeout ability, with his changeup that is the best in the game. And I know that, you know, we got Devin Williams over there in Milwaukee, the airbender and stuff like that. I don't even know what that pitch is. I think it's a changeup. I don't know that it counts as a changeup. It's just its own thing. The best changeup in the game is Luis Castillo. And with that, he is going to make the team that acquires him one of the World Series favorites, if not the World Series favorite. Even if he goes to like the Minnesota Twins, they're definitely going to be one of the three favorites for the World Series. You're talking about a team that can really pitch, and good pitching beats good hitting in the postseason. And that's why I still kind of think, along with the fact that it's not going to cost your entire farm system, I still think he's probably the best trade chip and trade candidate this trade deadline. Yes, Juan Soto is 
the most talented dude there is, but it's going to require an army to, to get him in a trade. Luis Castillo is not that way. We're going to get a couple of really good prospects, but the Reds are not needing another team to mortgage their farm system for Luis Castillo. Give us two top prospects and maybe a solid prospect on top of that, and we're good. Reds aren't asking for the top six guys. So when I see Luis Castillo and I say, thank you for everything that you have done as a Cincinnati Red, I'm going to miss him. I, I missed, and I still, to an extent, miss the crap out of Johnny Cueto. I still miss Sonny Gray, even though I know that he's injury prone and things like that, but he was so much fun to watch. And Luis Castillo is the same, man. He He's, he's going to be a guy that I look back on and say he was one of my favorite Reds. And he always, I mean, you know, got a sticker on his wall, or got a sticker on my wall for crying out loud. But I love Luis Castillo, and whatever the trade is that the Reds end up getting for him, there's still going to be a twinge of, that eh, pain might be a little bit dramatic, but there's going to be a feeling of me of, you know, sadness to see him pitch for another team. That's the way I felt the other day whenever the Yankees played the Reds and our oldest Chapman pitched against the Reds. Or oldest Chapman will always be, and I know people are going to say his personality was crazy, but he's always going to be one of my favorite former Reds. And so seeing him pitch against the Reds is going to make me feel some kind of way. And that's why I've heard, you know, the great debate is the Cardinals called the Reds about Luis Castillo. And what would you think if the Reds traded Luis Castillo to the St. Louis Cardinals? <sighs> Unless they got Jordan Walker. That third baseman, I think he's like a top five prospect in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and they got some other pieces. Like, I, whew, that'd be tough to watch. That'd be tough to watch. Because I, I remember when Mike Leake became a St. Louis Cardinal, and I hated that. Um, if, <laughs> if Luis Castillo was traded to the Cardinals, that'd be a tough pill to swallow. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow wherever he pitches because La Piedra has been one of my favorite Cincinnati Reds. And I look forward. If the rain holds off and he actually gets to pitch tonight, I am very excited to see that happen. And if we do get one more start, like I think we may, next Monday in Miami, then that's going to be a lot of fun too. But Luis Castillo has brought me nothing but joy watching him pitch on the mound, and I will miss La Piedra whenever the trade officially goes down. We're going to end today's podcast on that note. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you so much for watching, for listening. This has been a live edition of the, of the Lockdown Reds podcast here on YouTube. Thank you for uh, tuning in and watching here. If this is your first time, make sure that you're subscribed. That way you don't miss anything I've got coming for you. Steve and I will be back tomorrow with James Rapine to celebrate our 1,000th episode. And of course, if there's any trades or things like that, we will have emergency podcasts along the way. You're not going to miss everything that we've got coming for you. Speaking of great stuff to check out, go check out Sully over at Locked On MLB. He's got you covered when it comes to league-wide news and the trade rumors and things like that. He actually thinks that Juan Soto on the St. Louis Cardinals would be the best fit for him. Ugh, that's a tough one. But I think I kind of understand where he's coming from. Check out Locked On MLB. It's just like Locked On Reds. It's free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow.